congregation left. <laughs> okay, now we're ready. Thank you. 
this morning turn to the book of Ephesians chapter 6 Ephesians chapter 6 you know, this week has been a busy week I went to a funeral Friday of a young lady and she preached her own funeral the pastor that did it did something he, it was amazing he took the comments people put on Facebook and on their the, the funeral pages memorial and read them it's about a young lady who basically when she gave her heart to the Lord she gave everything you know and there's some people would say if if you know God's so powerful and so wonderful why does when things like that happen we pray that she gets well why does he answer our prayers well he did she was Completely better, and what it amounts to is we're we're at war with us, with the enemy, who's everywhere. He's attacking us constantly. He's very strong. He's very cunning, and most of all, he's very deceptive. You know, Paul told us about him, and Second Corinthians eleven fourteen says, "In marvel, for Satan himself is transferred to an angel of light. He seems to be." knowing what he's doing and in our text this morning in, in verse number 12 of Ephesians chapter 6 he says for we wrestle not against flesh and blood but against principalities against powers against rulers of darkness against spiritual wickedness in high places so this war we're in is everywhere and and Satan has his army and, and he, he has a desire that for one thing, he wants to deceive you. He wants to use you. He wants to destroy you. Not just just you alone. He likes to get into families. He loves to separate families. He loves to, to separate friends. He loves to get into a church and separate churches and cause problems. He likes to weaken you and, and leave you powerless. Jesus said that the thief, in John 10, 10, the thief comes but to, to steal, 
to kill and to destroy. So Jesus knew what he was doing. He warned us about them. And Paul says that, you know, we're, we're in this battle. And so if we're fighting this fight, you know, Jesus said that he came, though, he came to give us life and the, to give it more abundantly. And, you know, so how do you fight this battle that every day it seems like when you watch the news or you watch things that's happening, it's like we seem to be losing in a way. But we're not because the battle is still rages on. And it's the battle for the hearts and minds of people, for the souls of people. My question this morning, how are you fighting it? How are you handling this battle that no matter what, you're going to be involved in? You can't just say, I'm going to sit back and let somebody else take the reins because it's a battle that we all have to, to go through daily. So how do you find I want a couple of things to look at this morning. And one of the first things we need to do as Christians or as people in general is to examine ourselves. We need to examine ourselves. If you're ready for this battle, Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 4 and 5, he said, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. So Paul said we're, we're in this battle. We've got weapons that we can use. And, and, and he says that we can pull down these strongholds. So as I got to thinking about this, I said, Lord, I need to examine myself and see what strongholds the enemy has in my life that's up, that's got me where I'm not an effective warrior. I'm not effective in this fight because these strongholds has me just kind of crippled or has me where I'm not effective in my prayer life or maybe I don't pay attention as I ought to. Every one of us has them. So what are some of the strongholds? And I got to think about one of the first ones just about everybody in the world suffers from. It's selfishness. It's a stronghold we all got to be careful of. You know, it's one of those things that, that we tend to do. How many of you have ever uh, that tore somebody down just to build yourself up? You know, that's one of the forms of selfishness. I said, Lord, selfishness covers a lot of things. And, and he reminded me of this. He said, you know, there are times that we like to be little people. Just so that we'll feel good. I mean, and you don't believe me, flip on the TV, watch the news. That's one of the number one things that, that Satan's using right now. You know, if you're not like me, you don't think like me, I'm going to just, just knock you down. But listen to what Paul told us in Romans chapter 15, verses 1 through 3. He says, when we then that are strong ought to bear the infirmities of the weak, and not please ourselves. Let every one of us please his neighbor for the good to edification. For even Christ pleased not himself, but as it is written, the reproaches of them that reproached thee fell on me. So we see Christ set the example. We're supposed to love people, not tear them down. How many of us just build people up? You realize if people would do that, how much better we would be? Let me ask you a question. How many of you, uh, you got to raise your hand. How many of you people have ever come to church and belittled somebody by the way they were sitting or way that, what they were wearing or, or something they said? 
and you're sitting on the same pew or near them. Or on the way home, did you see or did you hear or did you pay attention to what they were doing this morning in service? Why we do that? Because Satan wants us to be, be less than we ought to. Instead, we ought to be lifting them up. So I couldn't make enough positive to say, why weren't you praying about it? See, selfishness is a tool that, that can really get to us. Christ gave us the example. He, he didn't please himself. As it says, he took the reproaches of everybody on him. Maybe you ought to spend a little more time on your knees than running off at the mouth. Now I said, Lord, you know, that's not only that one, I said, but there's one that really gets me and, and really sometimes just tears me down, the stronghold that Satan set in my life, and it's one of fear and worry. Anybody ever come up against that? Something comes up and you, you're more afraid of it. You're afraid of the outcome or, or the battle you got to go through to realize that it's nothing because we forgot who's in charge. No, we forget the power of Christ and we allow that problem to become what we focus on. I mean, how many of y'all ever done that? Besides me, you know, I mean, I do it all the time. Lord, look, look, this mountain's really big. That giant's really tall. And I forget, you know, I, I, I love what the Bible says. If you got the faith the size of a mustard seed, you tell that mountain to move. And I got to think, well, boy, how small is my faith? When that mountain seems to grow, I, I pray, Lord, you know, move that mountain. I look back and it get, was getting bigger. Fear and worry tend to, to get you in. And in the day we live in, it's something that's prevalent. Say, so, well, well, that means we shouldn't fear and worry. No, you're going to. It's natural. And you ought to. But God gave you a mind to use it. But realize, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Amen. Don't fear it. Because if, if there's a problem, Christ can handle it. You say, well, 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 well let me ask you, what, what's the worst thing that happened to you? You might not make it through it. But what's the best thing that could happen to you if you're a child of God? You might not make it through it. I thought, I, I thought about that young lady, and, and even though she left behind a child, let me tell you something, I guarantee you right now, she wouldn't want to come back. Because she went from standing in the presence of her Savior. Her testimony was that, that when people said that they saw the love of Christ in her in everything they did, she did. See, we, we let fear and worry, and it's not the worst thing. Listen to this. John said this in 1 John chapter 4, verse 18. He said, there is no fear in love. But perfect love casts out fear. Because fear has torment. He that feared is not made of perfect love. Do you realize how much Jesus loves you? What he did for you? See, that we shouldn't let fear and worry because his love ought to cast that out of our life. And then I thought about another one. It kind of goes hand in hand with the selfish. But it's pride. You know, we talk about pride 
all the time in church. And we talk about how, how dangerous and how, how, how bad it is. But sometimes I don't think we actually recognize what pride really is. You realize every time we refuse to forgive somebody, we're acting in pride. Every time we argue with somebody, we're acting in pride. And man, if you ever go, well, I'm not going to be the first to apologize. Anybody besides me? Yeah, I believe an eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. If they don't look out, I'm going to hit them with one. What about every time the Holy Spirit tells you to do something and you don't do it? Do you realize you're acting out of pride? I'm not going to. So what if it's fear? I'm not going to trust God's going to pave the way. I'm not going to trust my Savior who died for me. Pride is the number one kill. Pride was Satan's sin. Satan thought he was better than everybody else. The pride is one of those strongholds that, 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 that the Lord wants us to overcome, but Satan likes to use. I mean, how many times have you like, well, if I'll come down, Lord, I'll go to the altar, I'll get it off my chair, I'll, I'll surrender, but there's nobody else down there. I don't want to be the first. And we come up with all kinds of excuses. But if we just humble ourselves before the Lord, he said he would lift us up. See, pride is a strong. There's so many strongholds. And I had a list of, and I said, I'm just going to stop with those because, you know, everybody here has a different stronghold. Everybody here has something that, they, that, that, that we need to examine ourselves. Say, Lord, what is it that keeps me from selling out to you? What is it that keeps me from winning this battle? What is it keeps me defeated because I, I don't, I don't want to get rid of it? See, sometimes the, the stronghold in your life has become such a part of your life that you don't want to get rid of it. Well, if I get rid of it, I'm going to change. Well, let me tell you, that stronghold is changing you slowly, slowly, slowly. It's like a cancer that's slowly taking over your body. So that needs to be the next one. Once you examine yourself, you need to submit yourself to the Lord. Listen to this. James said in James chapter 4, verse 7 and 8, he said, Submit yourself, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee to you from you. Draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. Then he goes into a little deeper. He says, Cleanse your hands, you sinners. Purify your heart, you double-minded. So first he said you got to submit yourself and then, then you got to get away from the devil. See, if we don't do that, then let me tell you, all we're doing is just putting it off. I mean, you talk about it, but it, submitting takes action. You know, you can examine yourself. You can see what's wrong. Say, Lord, open my eyes. I can see the problem. The thing is, are you going to submit yourself to the Lord so you can take down those strongholds so that you can be effective in the battle that we're in? If you don't submit to the Lord, let me tell you what it is. All you're doing is lying. All you're doing is not following what God wants you to do. You know, sometimes some of us just need a little renewing in our life, don't we? A little refocusing. We've been sitting here so long, we've been so comfortable for so long, we forget that we're not submitting ourselves. In Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, Paul says, I beseech you, or I beg you, brothers, by the mercies of God that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. 
holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. He said, one thing you do have is you give it to the Lord. Give everything. I mean, you think about what he said. He said, holy. He said, when you brought a sacrifice to God, it was supposed to be pure. We'll say, well, how am I supposed to do that? Examine yourself. Submit yourself to God. Then say, here I am, Lord. I might not be much, but here I am. Use me. And that's what he said. He said, he's begging them to do this. Listen, then he tells me, he says, what? And don't be, in verse 2, and be not conformed to this world. Don't let the world tell you how to act. You're a child of God. You're going to be different. Amen? You ought to be. There should be something different about you. You know, it's like if you take an orange and put it in a bunch of apples, you ought to be able to tell there's a difference there. I mean, how many of you ever just reached down and picked up an apple? You bite that thing. Ever reached down and picked up an orange? That's not the best thing in the world to bite. You've got to peel it. You got to treat it a little different. You are different. If you are a child of God, you're different. You shouldn't be conformed to this world. Listen to what he said. He said, Be not conformed, but be ye transformed. Now, listen to what he says. He's talking to the Christian here. He says, By the renewing of your mind. We need to renew our mind. Every once in a while, you just need to stop and say, Lord, I just need to start over today. Heavenly Father, Lord, I, I know I'm saved, but today let me start over. Let me just get away from my past. Let me start afresh today. Let me have a mind that's in you, a mind that's focused on you, a mind that belongs to you. Amen. Because let me tell you, how many of y'all watch TV? Anybody? Bless your heart. Bless all our heart. Because all the things on there is garbage. And let me tell you, garbage goes in, guess what? It stays there. You know, I, 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 had a, I had a trash can uh, that I threw that thing out. You know why? I don't know how I got that nasty, but boy, it was nasty. But do you realize you put garbage in? You throw it out, and guess what? Part of it stays. It slowly starts to build up. Oh, you can scrub it. But guess what? It's still there. It's like, I mean, have you ever been chewing gum and dropped it on a piece of carpet? And accidentally stepped on it. Would you pick it back up, put it in your mouth, chew on it? If you did, you get a mouthful of carpet fibers. Part of the gum still be there. So that's what sin is. Sin gets into things and it's always part of it. You can't get you can't separate it anymore. You gotta renew what's in your mind every day. So Lord, I need you to, to help clean cleanse it out. He says that you may prove what is good and acceptable. So, well, how can you do that? Well, you know, don't let worldly things warp your mind. Pay attention. Do what, listen, John said this. He said, beloved, in John chapter, 1 John chapter 4, verse 1, beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits that they are of God, because many false prophets are gone out into this world. John warns us, you know, be careful. It amazes me that the things people will believe. You know, it's bad that you've got to put warnings on stuff that should be common sense. I mean, 
Yeah, I looked at man, you ever looked at your push mower? There's a thing that says don't pick it up by the side when it's running. Of course not. There's a blade spinning in there. It's common sense. But somebody was dumb enough to do it. So we gotta tell everybody, don't do it. You you realize that people will believe almost anything. Movies and things, people would rather believe something Hollywood has put out than the truth. Well, they showed it on TV. It was on Facebook. I saw a YouTube video about it. You realize people love conspiracy theories. I've watched some really good ones lately. I mean, there's some really dumb ones out there. Any day now, there's going to be a UFO that's going to land and take everybody back where we come from. That's the best one I think I heard. And the government's covering it up with COVID. <laughs> wow, reaches deep there. John said, try the spirits. So how do you do that? I'm going to tell you two ways. One's pray. The other one's get into this. This is the truth. But we don't do it. Some of us this morning, we need to not only a little renewing, but we need to get serious about praying. John said in, in 1 John 4, 1, he said, Beloved, believe not every spirit, try the spirit. So let me ask you, do you pray? Do you try it? How many of us really have a sincere prayer life? Let me ask you another question. Now let me share a verse with you first. In Acts chapter 4, verse 31. It says, when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they assembled together. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and they spake the word of God with boldness. There was a group of people who got together to pray. You want to get and really find out what the power of prayer is like? Pray with somebody. Do you have a prayer partner that you can go to and say, will you pray with me? And the two of you pray together. If you got a sweetie pie, then let me tell you, that sweetie pie ought to be your prayer partner. But sometimes we need a little more than that. Do you got somebody you can go to and pray with? Because when, when God said, when, when two or more gathered in my name, I'm in the midst of it. And right here, that showed that they shook the foundations of the building they were in with their prayer. You realize the power of prayer, the things it can do? You see, it's almost like in our warfare, we have forgotten the most powerful tool that we have. And we have to be reminded every once in a while what it can do. And along with prayer, do you, do you praise them daily? I mean, you know, listen, the, the psalm says, Psalms 150 verse 2, it says, Praise him for his mighty acts. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. Do you praise God? You ever just broke out and, just, and praised him? Well, so my preacher, I can't say, well, neither can I. But I make a joyful noise. I can enjoy praising my Lord. You can praise him by the way you act and the way you walk. But it's some things we need to do. 
listen to this. You know, I mean, the Bible says we ought to. We, we ought, James five thirteen sums it up this way. He says, "Any among you afflicted, let him pray." Is anybody merry or is anybody happy? Let him sing psalms. If you're happy, sing a psalm, praise him. If you got problems, get on your knees. It's as simple as that. And the last thing this morning about our spiritual warfare is get in the fight. You know what the problem with a lot of it is? A lot of us have gotten in the fight a long time. We've become rooted in our pews and we've become rooted in our day-to-day life and we're not in there anymore. Psalms 18.39 says, For thou hast girded me with strength unto battle. Thou hast subdued under me those that rose up against me. See, we fight a battle. The battle's already won. We just got to fight it. First thing is you can't fight it, though, if you're not saved. If you're not born again. Satan wants to keep people that way. You know, in John... 844 it tells us about him it says Jesus said for he is a liar and the father of it you know he tells people hey you're a good person don't worry I think that's one of the number one things I've ever heard is well I'm a good person Uh, I'll go ahead and tell you this hell will be full of good people there will be people there that are the nicest sweetest people they give they help they, they do all kind of things. Their only problem is, is they never submitted to Jesus Christ. Jesus said in John 14, 6, Jesus said this. He said unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. See, he said there's no other way to get to heaven but me. You, you could be a good person. You could do all kind of good acts. But if Christ is not your Savior, then there's no way. You say, well, that, that, that's cruel. Well, the Bible tells us that sin has a price. It says, for the, the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. You say, well, death don't sound that bad. Death means here eternal separation from God. John gave us a description or tells us what happens. Is the people are judged on their works and the things that they've done in their life, but their name's not found in the Lamb's Book of Life. They're thrown into the lake of fire. That's death. But listen to this. God loves us so much. He committed in Romans 5, 8, but God commended his love towards us that while we were yet sinners Christ died for us so when Jesus says I am the way he really meant it see Jesus paid the price for your sin and Satan don't want you to believe it he don't want you to accept it but God loves you more than that he made it so easy Paul told us and it's so true if you confess with your mouth that the Lord Jesus, and thou shalt believe in thy heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. All you got to do is pray and believe it. It's a simple prayer. You pray this. You say, Lord, I know I'm a sinner. I know I need can't get to heaven without you. 
Come into my heart and save me. Forgive me of my sins. Make me a new creature. Thank you for loving me. Amen. It's that simple. See, and if you're already saved, you need to, to, to understand that Satan likes to keep Christians inactive. You know, he, li he likes to keep you where you, you don't do nothing. I come across an article this week, and I want to share it with you. It was called Satan's Beatitudes. And it says this, it says, number one, blessed are those who are tired and too busy and too distracted to spend even an hour a week with their fellow Christians. They're my best workers. Blessed are those Christians who wait to be asked and expect to be thanked. I can use them. Blessed are the lazy who do nothing. For they're the best examples I have. Blessed are the troublemakers. For they shall be called my children. Blessed are the complainers. For their complaints are music to my ears. Blessed are those who gossip. For they shall call strife and division that please me. Blessed are they who are easily offended. For they will soon get angry and quit. And blessed is he who professed to love God but hates his brother and sisters. For he shall be with me forever. And the last one. Blessed are ye who, when you hear this, think the preacher is talking about someone other than you. For I've got you right where I want you. See, Satan likes to keep us where we don't do what God wants us to do. And it makes them happy when you don't. Paul said in, in, in Ephesians chapter 5, verses 14 through 16, he said this. He said, Awake thou that sleepest and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee life. See then that ye walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. See, we live in a battlefield and evil is everywhere. It amazes me the things I've heard this week that tell me how evil it is. I heard of a college that they were doing research on infant organ transplants and what they were doing they were paying young ladies in college to have an abortion so that they could harvest the organs to work on them and study them being paid for by top doctors in the land for this research See, we live in a day that that's considered okay. We get excited they find bacteria on Mars and say, oh, we found life. But we live in a day when they kill children by the millions and call it research. 
We live in a day when things are totally backwards. So yes, the days are evil. We're in war, we're at war. And as Paul said, we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Because if we did, we could handle that. But we wrestle against principalities, against powers, against rulers of darkness, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Put on the whole armor of God and be ready to get to the fight. Maybe this ought to be your prayer this morning. As David prayed in Psalms 51 verse 1. Oh create in me a clean heart O oh God. And renew a right spirit within me. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Heavenly Father as we come to you this morning humbly. Coming to the throne of grace. Father we're in the fight for lives, for souls, for hearts. Some are on the front line of the battlefield and Lord, they're tired and they're wore out. Lord, I pray that you give them strength. Lord, there are some that have not took up the battle. Lord, Satan has them where they, he wants them. Lord, I pray this morning you stir within them the desire the need to get in the fight. Heavenly Father, Lord, I pray you help us to, all of us to examine ourselves today and to submit ourselves to you. So Father, I ask that during this invitation time that you, you touch each one of our hearts and have your way. In the Lord's name I pray, amen. I ask you to stand to your feet. We're going to sing page 105. <coughs> 105. The altar is open.